0: Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. Okay, some audience participation. If there was a fire in your house, what would you take with you? Okay, so you have some sense of like what is most dear and near to you that if you realize you're going to lose a lot of stuff, these are the things that we need to hold on to. And today's uh, gospel reading, the events just prior to it, is the events leading up or leading in Holy Week. Jesus has already entered in Jerusalem on, on Palm Sunday. He's been, throughout those, the time he enters until today's reading, criticizing the temple system, uh, he's described it like a fig tree that will not bear fruit. The religious authorities, the chief priests, the scribes, those who make sacrifices on behalf of the people and those who are recorders of the law, are compared with renters who kill the owner's son so that they can keep what they have been interested in just a little bit longer. So these groups are coming up to Jesus and they're trying to trap him and get him arrested. The Pharisees and the Herodians, people who are not allies with one another, The Herodians, by their name, were sort of aligned with the royal family, who a lot of Jews did not think very highly of because they thought that they had sort of given up on their principles in order to support um, a a king. The Pharisees believed that sort of ritual purity would allow us to sort of stand in opposition to um, the way that Rome has been trying to enter into the Jewish religious system. But yet these two groups who are not allies come to Jesus and they ask him about his thoughts on paying taxes to the emperor. The Sadducees, another group that comes to him and they don't believe one of the things that that Sadducees were known for is they did not believe in the resurrection of the dead like many other Jews did at Jesus' time. And they come and they try to trap Jesus. Okay, Jesus, if you believe in the resurrection of the dead, let's say a woman gets married and her husband dies and she remarries and that husband dies and she remarries and that husband's died. Now, tell me, whose husband is this woman going to have in the afterlife? And in the midst of this, an earnest person who has observed all of these attempts to trap Jesus and impressed by Jesus's answers comes and says to him, Jesus, of all of these things, what is the most important? Jesus, if you were going, if if, if the temple was on fire, what is it that you would grab and take with you? There were 613 laws, and Jesus was asked which one of them is the most important. It'd be a great debate to observe. It'd be like going to a constitutional scholar and say, "Constitutional scholar um, of the ten, uh, First Amendments, what is the most important one?" Jesus replies to the man who is asking earnestly and with real sincere. Um, desire to learn the prayer of the Shema something that Jews pray on a daily basis even to this day hero Israel the Lord our God the Lord is one you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind and with all your strength essentially it's everything that's on the first tablet that Moses has of the Ten Commandments Love your God and all the things that follow after it. And then Jesus adds to this, love your neighbor as yourself. Everything that's on the second tablet. The scribe is so amazed by this, he says, you're right. Gosh, why didn't I ever think about this, Jesus? This is so much more important than the burnt offerings and the sacrifices. Whoa. Here he is in the midst of the temple. Right? He's not just like asking around in the middle of Jerusalem. He is in the temple where all the purpose of the temple is to offer sacrifices. And this guy goes, huh, this is more important than all of that. Be like a an OU fan in the middle of the cotton bowl and saying, hmm, you know, maybe OU Texas is not the most important game on the schedule. or an OSU fan walking about at homecoming go huh maybe the biggest homecoming is not the most important thing about us but even so for the scribe conversing with Jesus in the midst of the temple and surrounded by members of the priestly patri- hierarchy to state that loving God is worth more than all of the temple sacrifices is a bold statement the scribe is so close to understanding Jesus' mission because Jesus is about to upend the entire temple system. Go back and read Mark chapter 11 through Mark chapter 13 and see how often Jesus criticizes and undermines the system of the temple which relied upon constant sacrifices in order to reach Holiness. And contrast that with today's epistle reading from Hebrews that Catherine read just a moment ago. When Christ came as a high priest of the good things that have come, then, then through the greater and perfect tent, not made with the hands, that is, not of the creation, he entered once and for all into the holy place author says he did not enter with the blood of goats and calves but with his own blood obtaining eternal redemption for if the blood of goats and bulls with the sprinkling of the ashes and heifer sanctifies those who have been defiled so that their flesh is purified he says how much more will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God To purify our consciences from dead works to worship the living God. And now while we won't hear this next week, because next week we're celebrating All Saints Sunday, but this is what the author of Hebrew has to say next week. Christ did not enter a sanctuary made by human hands, a mere copy of the true one. He entered into heaven itself to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer himself again and again and again as the high priest must do in the holy place year after year with blood that is not his own. For then he would have to suffer again and again since the foundation of the world. But as it is, Jesus has appeared once for all. And after that the judgment, so Christ having been offered once to bear the sins of many will appear a second time. Not to deal with sin, because the author of Hebrews and the New Testament Christians said, sin's been dealt with. Sin and death has been defeated forever in Christ Jesus. So Jesus appears a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those and welcome those who are eagerly awaiting him. You get it? Christ goes to the deepest places To defeat sin and death. He goes to the place where the biblical writers say. Is as far away from God as you can imagine. And we sit there and we take that story. And we reduce Jesus to a nice guy. Jesus is not always nice in the stories. Jesus turns over tables. He runs money changers away from their place of employment. He refers to a Canaanite woman as a dog. He tells the Pharisees they are hopeless not once, but he tells them seven times y'all are hopeless. And just in case the Pharisees didn't understand it, Jesus says y'all are nothing but a beautiful tomb. You might be pretty on the outside, but you're dead on the inside. We as Christians often want Jesus to be nice because we just want religion to be nice, not to be useful. We don't want Jesus to really change our lives or change the world because then we would have to ask some really deep and honest questions about ourselves. We want to keep Jesus safe, but as Lewis says in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Jesus is not safe. We want to declaw Jesus. As Rick Lawrence writes, nice Jesus isn't hard enough or tough enough or real enough to walk with the people into the dark alleys of life. I'll tell you, in the moments in which I'm hitting the reality of the times in which I fall short, I need the Jesus who defeated sin and death. I don't need nice Jesus that tells me "Um, you're good enough, you're smart enough, and doggone it, people like you. We need a Jesus who deeply cares not only about our life, but the lives around us and seeks transformation and renewal. We need a Jesus who cares so much that he was going to the deepest parts of our lives to heal and to change. Amen.